The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of light. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, we recently heard of Holyrood House, the Scottish royal residence where the body of the Queen began at last pilgrimage to London and to her entombment. In Old English, the word rood means pole, but specifically, it came very quickly to mean the triumph of the Holy Cross on which Jesus was crucified. In churches, it usually stood above the root screen, which would be right here, separating the chancel from the people. In about the eighth century or so, an Anglo-Saxon poet wrote a, a dream poem they were very popular at the time. It was about a tree, the dream of the rood. That's the tree that became the cross on which Christ was crucified. At first, the dreamer saw that cross, that holy relic, bejeweled in all its glory. But soon the tree takes over the narrative remembers being cut and it learns that it's not to carry a criminal as most of them were but the heroic Christ leaping to his destiny but the nails and the blood refocus the image as the tree begins to feel the pain the shock as the nails drive into the flesh and into the wood. The tree becomes one with the Savior. Nails tearing into the flesh and blood, and then the, into the flesh and wood, and then blood flowing over them both together. tree that becomes the symbol of sinners carrying the death of Christ on their bodies. The tree becomes the church married to the sacrifice of Christ, nailed together in pain and also in redemption, and both rising again 
the tree speaks very eloquently that it knows that it too will be resurrected. Veneration of the cross goes further back than the poem. In the early fourth century, Constantine's mother, Helena, organizes a little archeological dig at, his, at the emperor's uh, behest, um, which according to legend, found the true cross. After that, a magnificent basilica in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was built on the spot. What is the Holy Cross to us? An idol made by human hands? As the psalm puts it, our old golden calf. There's always that tug between the symbol meant to evoke the deepest meaning and the error in worshiping the symbol. And yet the cross stands at the crux, part of the pain, but there it is, of our faith. There are other inflection points, the Annunciation, the Incarnation, those who saw the risen Christ. We know them because we live them out of the church here. They mark the events of the church here, but it all comes down to the cross. Look for a moment at that plain brass cross over the altar. Very low church, very Protestant. What does it say to you? Is it the very first thing you notice when you come into the church? How about the crucifix that I wear? With the corpus, the body of Christ dying upon a wooden cross. Would you feel his presence more or less if we had such a cross on or above the altar? There's no right or wrong answer. But it does ask us to consider the image of the cross and what it means to our hearts. Because without the cross, there is no resurrection, no sacrifice, no wiping away of sin, no hope of reconciliation with God the Father, no matter what we have done or failed to do. Without the cross, there is no banishment of death, no immortality, no promise of eternity, one with God and with our Savior. What if there had been a nice quiet death somewhere in the Judean hills, far from the ravages of Rome and the jealousy of the temple elite? The master dying at a ripe old age, surrounded by his disciples. That's nice, but it just won't do. Do we reverence, venerate, or worship the cross? For that matter, what is our relationship to Jesus? Do we worship a statue or a painting or a great mass setting? How can we slip through the paintings and the poetry and the music which lead us to places without words, sounds, images, to those places where we fall to the knees of our heart 
overwhelmed with love and fear. Places of void filled with eternity. Can contemplation of that bare cross lead us there with God's grace? Because like the rune of the poem, we too are nailed to him. We too are both the innocent tree made holy by loyalty and love, bound to him with nails and blood. We are also those who cut the tree, killing life to take life. And those who cried crucify him. Or even his dearest who said, I don't know him, and ran away in fear. Because to stay means picking up the cross and heading up that hill to be nailed, mocked, crucified, killed, and afraid that the resurrection was too much to ask for. Here in the Church of Our Savior, we don't celebrate a liturgy honoring the Holy Cross with incense and a grand procession, some around the church, some up and down the streets in some cities. There are beautiful services which include the penitential litany, a recapitulation of, of Good Friday, moving in their simplicity. The cross is, after all, the instrument of our salvation profound, uncomfortably outdated, those practices matter. They remind us of what is the most important, perhaps the only important thing. It is at the foot of the cross that we see our own selves as God sees us, our everyday inadequacies, those places where God waits patiently for us. The cross is the place where we seek sanctity and spiritual growth. We look to the cross as the servant looks to the hand of his or her master, as the psalmist says. It is our guide, our goal, but not our idol. So let us kneel in the presence of the Holy Cross and seek the glory of our Savior to fill our hearts, a light which we are commanded to take into the world, to save the, to save the world. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.